Back in January, Tommy Vitor asked me to join him on Pod Save the World to talk about a new virus out of Wuhan, China. He wanted to know, was it getting too much attention? And here's what I told him. And so if you're looking for something you can do to keep yourself healthy in the context of coronavirus, go get a flu shot. Hmm. Okay, good. I did that for once. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, that's still good advice. Get your damn flu shot. When we talked, there were about 4,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus worldwide. I was a little more optimistic then. But fast forward six weeks. The World Health Organization today declared the coronavirus a global pandemic. The ban on travel concerns about the coronavirus. Coronavirus pandemic. That you can't spin death. Right now, there are over 125,000 cases worldwide and over 4,000 people have died. The World Health Organization just declared this a global pandemic. And it's right here in the good old U.S. of A., where we've had over 1,200 confirmed cases and 37 people have died. So in this second season of America Dissected, we'll be keeping you updated on what you need to know about coronavirus. And we'll go deeper on what led us to this crisis and explore the policies that can lead us out. My name is Dr. Abdul Al-Sayed. I'm a physician, epidemiologist, and former city health commissioner. I spent my whole career thinking about and preparing for health crises like the one we're facing now. I want to share these insights and interview folks from the front lines, from research to action, to help you understand this pandemic and what we can do about it. There's a lot of info out there and a lot of breaking news. So my mission here is to keep you informed, but not overwhelmed. We'll be doing updates twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays and exploring every aspect of this. I'm not here to tell you how to wash your hands or cough in your elbow, but you should do both of those things, and specifically washing your hands for 20 seconds with warm water and soap. Instead, I'll be explaining what you need to know when it comes to the science and the policy response, or lack thereof, and I'll be bringing on some of the smartest people I know to help me do that. We'll talk about how epidemics get started and how they end, what a virus is, whether city lockdowns are a good idea, should kids stay home from school, how climate change is going to make these events more likely, and a lot more. So join us on America Dissected, Season 2, Coronavirus. Today, to get us started, I want to take a moment to explain some basics. You've probably been hearing terms like containment and mitigation tossed around. If not, maybe you've seen headlines about public events being canceled or travel being restricted, like from all of Europe, which, to be clear, is an awful idea, which I'll explain in a second. So what does it all mean, and what should we make of it? See, there's a playbook for epidemic response. It rolls out in three phases. You never really want to get to the next phase because it means that you failed at the first one. Fighting an emerging infectious disease is kind of like fighting a fire. You want to stuff it out when it's small so you don't have to fight it when it's an inferno. The first phase is called anticipation and early detection. To fight fires, we set up fire alarms all over the place. It's a matter of law. They anticipate and early detect a fire. They notify us as soon as something, even as small as a piece of toast, is burning so we can put it out before it grows. The second is called containment. Containment is like putting the fire out in one house before it spreads to the neighbor's houses. In outbreaks, containment has one key tool. That's called contact tracing. That literally means finding every single person who could have been exposed to the disease, quarantining or isolating them, and identifying every single person with whom they come in contact, and then doing the same, rinse and repeat. Contact tracing is painstaking, detail-oriented work. If you miss even one person who is potentially exposed, 
you risk letting the virus escape and infecting new people. The third phase is called mitigation or control. You start mitigating when the infection is so widespread that you can no longer contact trace everyone because you just don't have the resources. So instead, you put up barriers to spread. In the fire analogy, it's like dumping water on nearby forests so they can't burn. Mitigating a pandemic is serious business. It's the kind of thing you're hearing about now. The heart of New Rochelle, a city of some 70,000 just north of New York, virtually on lockdown tonight. You guessed it. With the coronavirus fire raging in 44 states and pushing 1,300 cases, we're now in mitigation mode on this thing. But mitigation has huge consequences for society. Welcome back. The markets just opened now down 1,600, 1,642 points. Wow. Among those industries facing job cuts right now, ports, bakeries, travel agencies, gig workers, and entry-level employees. But why couldn't we stop this before it upended people's lives? Well, it's because we failed at phases one and two. Let me explain. If you're going to fight a fire, you need a good fire chief. And we don't have one. Let's look at how this administration's created the catastrophe we're fighting right now. During the Ebola epidemic that raged for nearly three years in West Africa, the Obama administration set up a series of government organizations to prevent, detect, and respond to new clusters of people who come down with the same symptoms in a short period of time. The pandemic equivalent of putting a fire alarm in your home. That was called the Global Health Security Agenda, an effort to put small units in 49 different countries around the world where new pathogens, like say, a coronavirus, could emerge and then respond to them quickly before they spread. Kind of like putting small pandemic alarms all over the world. But Trump's taking the batteries out of that alarm. The Trump administration has proposed cuts as high as 80% to the global health security agenda. Not only that, but in the first year of the Trump administration, the National Security Council's pandemic response team was disbanded. It's no wonder we weren't prepared to react early. What about containment? Well, consider this. Scientists tell us that, in theory, the virus can spread to others within a meter of those who are infected and shedding the virus. Tell me this. How many people do you think you come within a meter of every day? Dozens, if not hundreds? Think about all the people at work, the folks you wait in an elevator with, the people you see at your kid's school. Now think about how many people they come within a meter of. That's a lot of people. Imagine trying to contact trace all of those people. If you want to reduce the number of people who are included in your contact tracing pool, you'd need to have a way to identify which ones did have the disease and which ones didn't. You'd want a test to rule out the disease in people. Oh, wait. All across the country, state health authorities say they don't have enough tests. The White House is saying that there's plenty. The administration's inability to get people tested quickly left authorities on the ground contact tracing everyone who was possibly exposed, a far bigger number than they could handle. That quickly overwhelmed our ability to contact trace at scale, pushing us into mitigation mode. And here we are in mitigation. And Donald Trump went on TV and said this. After consulting with our top government health professionals, I have decided to take several strong but necessary actions to protect the health and well-being of all Americans. To keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. Wait, what? There's coronavirus in 44 states and actively spreading within our communities. And the guy's banning travel from Europe? And why exclude the UK, where nearly 500 people have tested positive for coronavirus? And I'm not saying we should include the UK. I'm just saying we shouldn't be arbitrarily banning travel to Europe in general. 
And this gets at a broader issue. One of the biggest risks of a pandemic is the infodemic. Disease is scary, and when people are scared, they look for information. Without strong leadership guided by science, providing honest and truthful information in real time, people find information elsewhere. And it's not always true. The Trump administration hasn't just failed to prevent the infodemic, they've actually fueled it. And now, they're responding to it. Trump actively told people who might have symptoms that it's okay to go to work. So if, you know, we have thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that get better just by, you know, sitting around and even going to work, some of them go to work, but they get better. That it would go away in a few weeks. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. He told people that it would die in warm weather. Now, the virus that we're talking about having to do, you know, a lot of people think that goes away in April with the heat, as the heat comes in. None of this has happened, because none of it was based in science or smart government. All of it was a hapless president trying to spin biology. And you can't spin biology. Now, in an effort to quote-unquote show leadership, he's taking an exaggerated, ultimately useless step that will have huge reverberating consequences to our global economy, to people's lives and livelihoods. There's something else, too. He's using this ban to drive a narrative that this disease is somehow foreign, a scourge being brought to our shores by immigrants. But viruses don't carry passports. They don't have nationalities. And by failing to lead, he's ensured that coronavirus is an American problem, too. And so, in the absence of sound leadership from the president, that means it's up to us, local and state leaders, public health experts, business owners and school administrators, and us, citizens, living up to our responsibilities. We'll have to do what the president can't, take care of each other. And that's something I know we can do. That's all for today. Our next episode comes out on Tuesday. It'll be a deep dive into how the public health system works, how it should be working right now, and what may be going wrong. And here's what I'm watching until then. Can communities where coronavirus hasn't hit yet contain it when it does? Will we be able to finally get to the point where we can say that anyone who needs a test gets a test? How do we mitigate this coronavirus for people who are most vulnerable? But also, how do we mitigate the consequences of the mitigation itself for people who are the most socially and economically vulnerable, like the homeless, those who work hourly wages, and those who may not have the ability to get healthcare in the context of a global pandemic? And what will we do to make sure that everyone finally has healthcare? Stay tuned. If you want to stay up to date on coronavirus, remember to like and subscribe to our show. And feel free to follow me on Twitter at Abdul Al Sayed. I'll be staying up to date and tweeting out the latest news until we get this thing under control. America Dissected is a product of Crooked Media. Our producer is Austin Fisher. Charlotte Landis is our sound engineer. Production support from Tara Terpstra, Allison Falzetta, and Sydney Rapp. The theme song is by Takaya Suzawa and Alex Sugiera. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and Katie Long. And I'm your host, Dr. Abdul Al Sayed. Thank you for listening. Friends, we all know that we're facing a coronavirus epidemic, but there's another, deeper epidemic that set the stage for this one an epidemic of insecurity that threatens our healthcare, housing, and democracy. I wrote a book about it and how we treat it called Healing Politics. I hope you'll order your copy today at healingpoliticsbook.com.